Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, it feels like it's almost the weekend. Uh, it is basically when this comes out, it'll be the Friday of the week. I know for Just most people. I apologize to anybody that has to work on Thanksgiving or Black Friday. 100%. You guys are definitely troopers, but it has that holiday feel to it when you're starting the work week. The team is good, an exciting matchup coming up this weekend. We get Thursday football on Thanksgiving, like normal, it's nothing new. Uh, but it's a triple header, and that's always fun, and I'm excited about that. We just have to get through like that one more work day of the week. We are recording this a little bit earlier in the week, but it'll be out later. Um, so I, I, I like this vibe. I like the holiday season work week vibe right now. Do you have a game you're most excited about out of the three? Lions Bills. The only reason I say that and you're like, why? <laughs> why? Why is that game? Two reasons. One, I don't know the other people who are playing. <laughs> <laughs> Into. Okay, no, I think I think you covered why you think that's the best game of the week. <laughs> the only reason I know it's the Lions and the Bills playing that day is because obviously the Lions play every Thanksgiving, and um, I think it's just kind of it's strange because the Bills just played there, and we're like the home team. Yeah, a couple days they later stayed. they're coming back, so I don't know. Yeah, I like and I kind of like the the Lions are kind of feisty. They're kind of oh, uh, they're I agree. Small. Like. Like <laughs> not, not not to do a, a, a betting segment, but I saw Lions plus nine and a half on the short week at home. I was like, Whew, if these weren't the Lions, I'd really think about it because I feel like they're getting really disrespected by uh, Vegas. Oh, uh, yeah. Patriots Vikings easily best game on the week. Uh, well, look, I don't know about easily because Cowboys Giants are similar in record. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys stomped them just like they stomped the Vikings last week, because to me, the Cowboys are the, the better team. I mean, I think the Giants are feisty, but I think the Cowboys are really good. Yeah, the Giants are fraud, I think. Right. I'm not I who that was a tough word. Maybe we should take that back. I was I will take that back. That was I did I did a playoff machine, just yeah. one. I'm not doing a bunch of those. They didn't make the playoffs for me when I was trying to predict every game. I was like, sorry. Honestly, I know they're they're doing better than I think they should, and I give them credit for that. I don't know if they finish with 10 wins. 
I don't think they do. Honestly, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were on the outside looking in. Um, but overall, just those matchups. Our our guy Nick, he just said that the Lions have won three straight. So maybe that's what I'm feeling with them. They had a lot of games early on where they were putting up points and they just couldn't stop the other team. It was just absolutely wild. That may be the case on Thursday too. Yeah. And, well, oh yeah. <laughs> They're back. The Bills are back after their little dose of the Cleveland Browns this past week. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I just hope for some good games. If you can just get maybe like one of the three. To I get- think these games are better than I remember in recent years, because maybe just because the Lions are better than they've been in the past couple of years. And I remember it might have been two years ago. It was two years ago. I believe it was. Oh, I can't name the quarterback. But he was like the third string quarterback going against it. Is like you knew the game was over before it started. It was, man, I'm gonna look that up. You but, have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, it, it's oh, David Blau. Yes, David Blau was starting, and I was like, I don't even know if I want to turn this game on. Like <laughs> this time, I'm like, I want to turn the game on. I'm interested, but I don't know if if you ask me, I think the Lions keep it within a touchdown. But I, I it's tough. It's just that Lions, like, and I think some people used to do this about the Bengals, but it's like that Lions, you see Lions and you just think, no. That's an L, and especially the Bills right now. I, I do feel yeah. like they're they're bouncing back after losing two straight and then beating the Browns. They seem to be getting it going, so I think they're going to do just fine. Uh, but do you remember that game? It was a couple years ago. I want to say that the Bengals played the Ravens. Did they play the Ravens on Thursday night football of Thanksgiving? I don't remember the Bengals ever playing on Thanksgiving. You never? I thought they played on primetime one time on Thursday Night Football for the Thanksgiving game. I don't remember. It was absolutely miserable. They obviously didn't look great. It was the Andy Dalton era. I I could be completely wrong, so I'm making you do the research for it, but I just feel like I remember that game being at night, and it was on the road, and maybe it was in Baltimore. Maybe it was the New York Jets. I can't – it's just for some reason I feel like they played a a Thanksgiving Thursday Night Football game. But you know what? The Bengals have played one game on Thanksgiving in their history, and they are 0-1. I'm trying to figure out what that game was. Well, now I need to know, because I kind of feel like I'm making it up now. So 2010. It was 2010, so it was before. Oh, it was before Andy. Uh, Yeah, let's see. A primetime game with a 10-7 halftime score dramatically shifting the third. Oh, goodness. This was uh, the... This was against the Mark Sanchez Jets. It was the Jets. I said Baltimore first, but it was the Jets. Yeah, so it was the Jets. They lost 26 to 10. They were down 10, only 10 7 at halftime, but then, yeah, got, they didn't score, and the Jets went on to score 26. I just remember, I, my whole life, I just, um, I just remember like random Bengals games, and that was one of them. And obviously, it didn't really go that great. So, I forget the T.O. Joe show. The cereal, too. Uh, that oh, was, oh, that I was. Have a shirt. So, I remember. I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this team is going to go all the way. It's huge. <laughs> no, me too, but I, I was 14. They had um, – is that the year that they were on uh, Hard Knocks too? Maybe they weren't Ooh, on Hard Knocks. I don't think so. – I think they were on Hard Knocks in 2009. Okay, not not Hard Knocks, but I remember maybe all the TV cameras in Cincinnati. Yes, they had a ton of that. Going to Georgetown because it was in Georgetown. That was where training camp was. And it was this huge deal that T.O. was coming to play with Chad. Oh, my goodness. I remember everything. That was that was a miserable year. And then after that, it was uh, pretty much peace out, Carson Palmer. Here comes peace Andy. Out Palmer, Andy. Peace out, Ocho. 
Owens retires. What a sad ending to a show. What a sad ending to an era that I think in 2005, people would probably compare to this one. And I'm like, okay, let's go better. Let's move on. Honestly, did not mean to get into Thanksgiving memories and some really depressing stuff from 2010. Look, this team is six and four right now. Let's talk about this past game. You rolled the tape. Let's go offense right now. Quarterback Joe Burrow, PFF had him as the highest rated quarterback. Ooh. Huge. Through week 11. I, I think he was, oh, through week 11, not yeah. on week 11. Now I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I thought he, I thought he was incredible. Like I, I, nothing he did was really, the only thing that I think needed work was his chemistry, mind meld on those back shoulder fades. Plenty of those, I think three or four of those that he just met. And it looks bad if you don't know what's happening because the ball just ends up like 10 feet from the receiver. But a few of those didn't go the right way. Other than that, I thought he was really good. He had four tip passes, and I, I don't think that's really him as much as it is. I don't think it's the offensive line anymore. I used to say they need to get their hands on him, but they, when TJ Watt made that interception, Lyle Collins was committing pass interference to throw him to the ground in the middle of that. It was just insane, but whatever. We, we'll skip past that it, you know, flu crazy play that just tip your hat, move on. Um, I think the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, these teams, they know what the Bengals want to do. And that's why they get so many tip passes because the Bengals like quick game. They like to protect their offensive line with quick game. They don't have the running game and the boot game and this all this moving pocket stuff to give their offensive linemen breaks. They, they've got the quick game stuff. And that's just quick out. And these teams know quick game. We're not rushing the pass or we're getting our hands up. So then they stop kind of using that quick game and they get to, uh, they get to some downfield stuff after the interception, especially, I think they were still trying it after a couple of bad passes. Just don't think about it. Move on the interception. They're like, all right, we're done giving them a shot to do this. They start going downfield and Higgins starts eating and Trent Irwin makes some nice catches and all these things happen. And now it's, yeah, this is going great. But I, I think, against at least these division opponents. And if any opponent is going to not rush and get their hands up, it's almost like maybe you stop the quick game, at least for a little bit. You could run the ball. You can drop back and run deep plays. You could run play action. I don't know if I'd put quick game in there. Maybe RPOs even just have the screen on the outside that you can throw if you need, if they're going to sell out to stop the run and I'll slow the pass rush down as well. But and the screen game is good now. I don't know where that came from, but it is good now. It, it was bad for a long time, but now it's good, and hopefully it continues this week against the the Titans. But all this to say, I don't think it's a Burrow thing. All these passes getting tipped. Number two guy in the league, I believe, is Justin Herbert, and they run a ton of quick game as well. It's these quarterbacks when they're they these teams know their offensive lines can't protect for a long time. They want to get some quick game in there, give them some breaks. Defenses know what to do and they get their hands up and batting passes is how they're going to defend that. And it was week 11's highest graded quarterback. I, I just want to go back and backtrack that a bit. He had the highest grade 90.8 on PFF, which Deserved. is huge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the offensive line, I thought the offensive line played well when I just watched it live. I turned the tape on and I went, oh, they, they didn't really. It was, it was Joe Burrow making them look good. In my opinion, uh, I think Jonah Williams played well, and mm -hmm. I don't know if we gave him enough credit on the post game pod. Just so much to go over. Okay. Um, I thought he played well. He did a good job shutting down Alex Highsmith. I thought Folsom struggled against Cam Hayward. I thought Larry Ogunjobi had a few plays. I thought T.J. Watt got a couple plays against 
Collins, although Collins played much better than he did week one because week one he was giving it up a lot more. Um, so I think the offensive line played poorly. I, I don't even know if I'd say maybe below average, but it was enough. He Burrow made them look as if it was a good performance. He had some pockets. Let's not say like this is just an abysmal performance. I didn't say that, but a lot of times there'd be pressure and he just takes a slight step and throws it right on time. He wasn't sped up. He wasn't too slow. He was perfectly on time this week. And that's something he's going to need to be again this coming week against the Titans. So he was perfectly on time against the Steelers. Let's keep that going against the Titans. He's not going to take nine sacks if he's perfectly on time. If he's going to try to play hero ball and he's going to hold the ball a little extra, then he's going to take these sacks. But he's not taking sacks despite the offensive line playing poorly because he's perfectly on time. He's making perfect little micro movements in the pocket. He even had a few plays he extended. He extended smartly. Like uh, if he knew he could get the corner, he would take it. And I know he just threw the ball away on one, but I do think of the one where he rolls out, Watt ends up running after him and he just throws the ball away. There's another one. He kind of steps up, looks to run, sees, oh, I got a guy. And he quickly fires it and takes a hit. There's, It's there. He could still do this extending the play type stuff that he's awesome at. But for the most part, He's going to, he was perfectly on time. And I think that is such a key to why the Bengals offense looked as good as it did. Yeah. Kind of just going back to that a little bit, you mentioned Jonah Williams and he's been criticized. We've criticized him before. Um, obviously everybody remembers him coming back in the Baltimore Ravens game. I feel like he's extremely tough for that. He's probably playing through injury. Like a lot of guys are, nobody's hundred percent right now through the season after 11 weeks of football. Uh, but but him specifically, can you just talk about when you went back to watch watch the tape? I know you just talked about the offensive line. You don't really feel like it was that great in your opinion. Uh, but what about Jonah? Was this his best game of the season? No, I still think Baltimore is his best game of the season. And maybe that's some of me just adding on the narrative of he dislocated his kneecap, came back and still played at a very high level. It was one of his best games. I just I don't think I can make the statement it was his best game because I think against Baltimore, he was a little bit better probably against slightly worse competition Alex Highsmith is a really good player Mm -hmm. so shutting down Highsmith is a little bit more impressive than shutting down the Baltimore guys but it's it was up there it's one of his best games on the season I thought he was good against the Falcons but they don't really got a guy over there I thought he was good in a, a couple other games but this is this was a game that you kind of circled because week one he had one of his worst games of his career against Alex Highsmith so you kind of circle this as he bounced back and he bounced back really well. I thought he did a really good job against the spin move Highsmith loves to use. I thought he did a good job against Highsmith cross chop. He even anchored in. He just, everything Highsmith wanted to do, he had an answer for. He was patient. He was strong. He played quick. It was just perfect. I really like Jonah Williams' game. I think there's a couple plays you could point to as he wasn't perfect here and Burrow helped him. But for the most part, he was one of the guys I would look at and say, outside of Burrow, I think he played really well. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is you bring up Baltimore, you bring up the Steelers game and and kind of his bounce back game. It's extremely important to think about because of the fifth year option with Jonah Williams and seeing these division opponents, you need to see that out of him. I don't know what the future future holds for Jonah Williams at left tackle with the Cincinnati Bengals, but obviously a lot of eyes are on it right now because this offensive line is better than last year. It's not perfect. 
it's hard to have a perfect offensive line in the NFL. There's a lot of teams who are having problems with it. There's a microscope in Cincinnati, as it should be, with the amount of hits that Joe Burrow has taken in his career. And obviously, everybody remembers his rookie year injuries. But I got a little criticism for this when I said, I felt like the Steelers have a really good defense. And I was impressed with Joe Burrow's performance. Giving credit to who they were facing, it wasn't going to be easy. We knew that. And Joe had himself a night. So I feel like both things can be true. This is a good defense. Joe Burrow had a great game. Agree. And a big part of that, T. Higgins had a heck of a game. 100%. We are going to get to T. Higgins next on our segment. That was just such a great tease and right on time because we are already over, or I would extend it to T. Higgins. We'll get that, to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.